When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks to everybody who's uh, who's been listening, chiming in, leaving comments and all the places that you can leave comments on. Always appreciate that and the reviews and the ratings. Those are always helps with podcasts. So thank you for all of that. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, though, uh, let let me entice you, especially with the episode that you're about to hear. It's a great one uh, to go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. Maybe you're listening at uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. You can catch it on YouTube, wherever you prefer to get podcasts from. Uh, just uh, hit that subscribe button. And if you're not in one of those places, type in Kyle Meredith with wherever you get yours, and we'll deliver a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, learn about new artists, keep up with uh, what's going on in music. Let us do the hard work for you and uh, and deliver those episodes straight to your uh, straight to your phone listening device. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest Nicole Adkins. She is always one of my favorite artists to talk to. She's one of my favorite artists to listen to. And after already having a stellar career, she is back with a brand new record called Italian Ice. And I'm telling you, it's the best thing that she's done so far. That's a high watermark, by the way. So we're going to be getting to talk about the record, recording it in Muscle Shoals with all of these legends that are down there, but also her very cool group of friends, uh, a lot of artists that uh, we love as well. Uh, Britt Daniel from Spoon, Hamilton Lighthousers on here, Carl Bramel from My Morning Jacket, and, and a ton more from there. So we're going to hear about exactly what that means to you know to make the soup of this record the stew the gumbo with so many different sounds coming in but also in how she really really gets that classic sound whether the touch points are you know 60s and 70s am rock 
or French electro music. You know, we're actually going to geek out about the band Air for a little while as well. And we'll get into some of the songs like Domino, like Never Going Home Again, which has some really good tour stories behind it. A song called Far From Home, which uh, involves a very creative bedtime horror story fairy tales. In the Splinters, which uh, has a very ominous refrain that's uh, where she says, I wish the world would end. And some encouragement from the legendary Spooner Oldham on a track uh, called uh, These Old Roses. The album is also a tribute to her uh, Jersey Shore upbringing, so we'll get into that. And of course, we're going to start with more current events. Uh, Nicole Atkins these days is based in Nashville. Uh, luckily, she wasn't in town when the tornadoes hit, but it's definitely affected uh, you know, her daily life. And then to turn right around with uh, what's going on with the COVID-19 epidemic, it's an absolutely unfortunate one-two punch that she and so many artists have had to deal with. So we're going to start the interview there. Let's get into it. Talking about this record called Italian Ice. It's Kyle Meredith with Nicole Atkins. What's up, Kyle Dean? How you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. How you been? I've been weird. I've been cool. Yeah. It's been it, weird and I've been cool. It's, yeah. it's weird. It's weird. Let's talk about Italian Ice because I, I am in love with this record. It's so good. This is your greatest uh, record yet. And you know that we're fans. Thank you. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Although, I, let, let's start actually with the current events, if you don't mind, because because you're, sure. in, you're in Nashville, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're one of those artists who's potentially hit with a right punch followed by the left punch here. How affected were you with the uh, the tornadoes that went through town? And, and then to follow that up, how affected have you been with what's going on with COVID? So with with the tornadoes, I flew that day um, before the tornado struck. I flew down to Florida to visit my parents. And so that morning they woke me up and were like, Nicole, get up. You know, tornado struck your neighborhood and it, it struck in East Nashville. So I got up and I was like, oh man. And I just had all these Hurricane Sandy flashbacks, yeah. you know, and um, my, my house got destroyed in that. And um, luckily our, our house and the neighboring streets around us were spared, but it really just, it hit, you know, it hit a lot of different places, but directly by us was, you know, our little business zone, you know, so like the venues that we play at and the restaurants and bars we go to are, were just, just decimated. And uh, I, I thought about going through Hurricane Sandy and like that really affected me like mentally for a long time. But after a while, I saw that it all, you know, rebuild, you know, it got built back up again. And so it gave me gave me some calm, you know, even though it, it's tragic what happened. But, you know, I know that in time it's all going to be okay. Yeah. So it's like have that in my, like, mind, my heart, like knowing, it, you know, and it will just take time. I just really feel for the people that are, you know, all going through this. Yeah. Um, so that happened, you know, and then I remember, you know, I was in Florida for two days and the, the COVID news was happening at the same time, but in other places. It was just starting to happen in Seattle. And, um... I just had this weird thought and I called my friends, my two best friends that are scientists. They're uh, neurobiologists that have been studying the flu for since like 1999. And I thought about my tour and I was like, hey guys, is this as bad as like everybody says it is like overseas? And they're like, yeah, it's really bad. So I was like, uh, and it just seems like within no time it arrived. And so then the, um, the cancellations start happening in that. And, and like most artists, I mean, you make a lot, I'm guessing you probably make a lot of your, your bread and butter from the road. All of it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to peek out too much, you know, just taking it day by day. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I've been poor before. So <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, I guess when you get that kind of 
experience if you've like you know had your town ruined by a storm or if you've been poor before you know you know that you can live through it but um i do wish that i waited on booking some european plane tickets and fixing mm-hmm. my van and buying a pair of gucci shoes for the tour <laughs> i wish uh i wish i had a little bit of a foresight but you know you can never you can never prepare for things like these you, you just yeah. gotta yeah you just gotta take it day by day and um I think the hardest part of this has been what we have with like our news centers and all like crazy different politicians telling people things that scare people or or don't scare people enough. I worry about I worry about my parents, you know, and people their age and their friends. That's 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 yeah, that's the thing. It's just like you know, everybody should just be like, okay, you got to take two weeks out of your life to just be in lockdown uh-huh. right now. Just like, just do it so we could try to get it over with quicker. Right. So that, you know, it turns around and, you know, it doesn't actually stop the album release, which I'm grateful of, uh, at least as far as I know, yeah, unless you have other it news. Back, it pushed it back a little, Yeah. you know, pushed it back a month. But yeah, I was wondering, I was like, oh man, like, cause we spent, you know, two years making the thing and just getting ready. And it was just so exciting. Cause it's like, you know, I, I feel like I've never had, I've never made a record before not in like emotional turmoil you know like i was just like in a really good space mentally to like have a lot of fun making a record Mm -hmm. and um yeah i'm glad that you know it's still gonna see the light of day and the songs are still trickling out and people are getting excited about it so you gotta have something to be excited about too What's an exciting record? And like I was saying, it's, it's, we've been such fans of you, and to hear this it, right from the beginning, I mean, that opening track, AM Gold, Gold uh, really sets the mood. And it almost sounds like binaural, you know, the layering of the mixes. It's, it's oh, so grabbing right from the start. So let's get the story on this, too, because uh, Muscle Shoals, right? This is where it was recorded? Yeah. Like nobody. Yeah, it was recorded at Muscle Shoals Sound. Yeah, nobody it tends to go to Muscle Shoals out of convenience. Like, there it is. You go to Muscle Shoals for a reason, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's uh, my labels in Muscle Shoals, Single Lock uh-huh. Records. Yeah. So, yeah, when, um, when the, the whole idea came about when uh, Spooner Olden was having his 75th birthday party. And uh, I was in Nashville with my friend Binky Grip Tight from the Daft Kings, the mm-hmm. guitar player. Mm-hmm. He came down to co-write some songs for his solo record. And we were out at a bar and met Roxanne Oldham, Spooner's daughter. She met up with us and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm having dad's birthday party at the Schultz Theater. And I was like, what? And I never met her dad. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. You know, and I was like, oh, my God, I want to go. And she was like, do you think you want to sing a couple songs? And I was like, yeah. And they were going to have Candy Staten. But uh, something fell through with it. And so I got to go there and sing her song, He Called Me Baby, and sing one of Spooner's songs. And uh, it was wild because they were all just so nice. Mm -hmm. And it was just so, like, you know, so non-assuming, like, who was in that room. And it just felt super comfortable. And then after the show, um, I remember, like, having a cigarette with the guitar player, Kelvin Holly. He was Little Richard's guitar player for, like, 30 years. Wow. And... Yeah, he'd always be like, he liked me because I was like the only person that smoked. <laughs> and uh, and he was like, how did you and your husband meet? And I was like telling him, and I was like, yeah, man, he just smelled like forever. And so we got married. And he's like, smells like forever. There's a song right there. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> and so I got home and I watched the, the Muscle Shoals documentary. And uh-huh. I knew a bunch of things that they all did. But watching it, I didn't under, like I didn't realize that 
David Hood, the bass player, like that he was in traffic. I didn't know that. I, I mean, I should have, and I feel stupid that I didn't, but I freaked out because that was like my, my gateway band. That was like my favorite rock band that like made me want to be in a band. And I was really glad that I didn't know that when I was doing the show because I would have been super nervous and been like, oh. but like backstage, me and um, William Bell and uh, Charlie Hodges, we shared a dressing room and we were all like taking selfies. And like I was talking about drawing them pet portraits and you know, just it was super normal. One of the horn players, too, like from the from the Shoals horn. He was just so cute. We we're eating dinner and he's like, you know, I went to college in Nashville studied business, but I just wanted to toot my horn, you know? <laughs> like, oh my God, get in my belly. So, yeah, so so Ben and Reed over at Single Lock were like, you know, you should do the record down here. We were talking to them after you sang at the show. So we went around and visited all the different studios. And Muscle Soul Sound, just like, you have the funk. Yeah. You know, the other studios are great and, and have made amazing things, but I just, I'm really into, like, colors, mm-hmm. you know, and lighting. And um, there's just something about Muscle Shoals Sound that, like, it's just, like, the kind of thing you would find at, like, a flea market and want to take home with you, you know? <laughs> That's a great way to put that. I, w- I was also just thinking, too, like, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was make a, make a uh, like, a Muscle Shoals tribute record, mm-hmm. you know? Like, because I'm still a, a young artist trying to, you know, figure out my own sound, you know? Like, I'm not trying to do, like... The Great American Songbook or like Dusty Goes to Memphis or, you know, stuff like that. You know, those are all things that I love, but I wanted to make it sound the most like me. So with that, with that I invited Binky um, to play guitar on it, you know, because he's a friend of mine and we write together and we play together. And um, Jim Scalvino's from The Bad Seeds. You know, we have a duet band together and we've been writing together for like seven years now, eight years. And um, Britt from Spoon we were writing songs together and he was like, where are you making this record? And I was like, and he was like, I want to come. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, so I wanted to, and like Mackenzie from Midlake played drums and, you know, it was just, and Moose from New York, he played piano. And it was just like all different people that are like in my life or have been in my life. You know, I wanted to bring them all together because even though like on paper, all of the people from those bands don't make sense. Like they make sense in my life because those are you know my collaborators and musicians that I love you know and I've always had like a pretty wide sonic palette just because you know my sound is based off of the music I listen to and there's a lot of it I mean hearing you touch you know point of some of those like even so you know here you are you're talking about muscle shows and you're talking about these great uh, musicians that I'm going to blink it by saying indie alternative and stuff like that. And and then, you know, with a track like Domino yeah. with this, you know, first official radio single, I think French Electro is one of your benchmarks that you've been talking yeah. about, which that's been my sort of, like, I've been in such an air, uh, you know, the band Air. Oh, God, I and love Air so much. A few of that era of, of, the, of that sound and everything. So hearing you talk about that, I was like, yep, that's 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 me. You're You're talking to me right now. Yeah, it's like I've always loved like Air and Stereo Lab, and mm-hmm. there's this uh, guy named Ready Made FC out in France, and Charlotte Gainsbourg, and I just I love that stuff. Like, I mean, it, it kind of when I was like growing up, like the the radio station in town was 106.3. It was the alternative station. It was around till like 96 or 97, and then in Charlotte, North Carolina, like just all that all that great like indie rock of the era. Like, I think I saw Stereo Lab three times when I was there and um it's all meant just as much to me in my musical DNA than like you know Aretha Franklin or um Carole King it's all just as important but there are you know when I I listen to some of these songs I do wonder if it's if 
So, like, uh, when I heard Never Going Home Again the first time, I was like, oh, there's a little bit of Harry yeah. Nielsen coconut, maybe a little bit of Bobby Gentry in that. And when I heard Captain, I thought, yeah. oh, it's almost got, like, a Beatles real love vibe. And it's are those moments coincidence, coincidental, or, or do you ever say, oh, we have to specifically kind of – I'd love to go for that vibe right there. Yeah, I think they're really coincidental, especially, like, Captain. Captain was a melody in my phone that I heard as, like, a sea shanty because it was, like – in my phone, it was, like – Da, 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 da. It was almost like a like an like a army song or a navy song. And um, it, when we worked it out, I was like, "Oh, this is almost like ELO." And um, so that was by accident. And then a song like "Never Going Home." I actually really was trying to do a Mamas and the Papas type um, Creek Alley song, just because I wanted to have a song that, with um, a couple other. Singer, I like. I just love singing harmonies with people, so I wanted to write something that I could sing with other people. It's interesting because you're you're such a a, a leader uh, of, of singers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I got really good singers to sing with me, you know. But yeah, that, that being a lead singer though, it can get you know be a bummer sometimes because nobody ever asks you to sing backup for them, and it's like, come on, man. <laughs> I can do it. Put me in the game. I could be whoever you want me to be. <laughs> Since, you know, we, we hit that song, I'll bring up, the, the, I don't know if this is a thread or, again, coincidental, but even just judging at those titles, when you see Never Going Home Again, Far From Home, and even A Road to Nowhere, are you saying yeah. something beyond, you know, what's what's happening in the middle of those songs? Well, you know, they're they're all... Like they're all. Um, if you just read the titles, it's like, oh god, that's awful. But they're all pretty, pretty um, fun uh-huh. songs, you uh-huh. know. Like never going home again is about touring, you know, and all like the funny and gross stuff you've seen on the road, weird stuff you've seen on the road, and like even though like for saying all the things that you've seen, like you know, you blew up a minivan and you know, like got stuck in a hotel room with a bunch of coked out child actors, and, like that would. No, send anybody straight home. But it's like, oh man, like what's better in life than having a weird time? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's the best. You know, like it doesn't have to be good or bad. It could just be weird or weird and fun. But um, far from home, that song was the first song, um, one of the first songs I wrote when I moved to Nashville. And um, I write most of my songs from my own perspective, but. I wrote that song. My dad, when I was a kid, he used to tell these stories at my sleepover parties called Stinkin' Winkin' Stories. They were really, like, very un-PC, but really funny. And it was always about this bad kid named Stinkin' Winkin' that his dad would tell him, like, on the beach. Like, you know, don't, don't talk to strangers on the beach. Don't, you know, go away from me and mom because something bad will happen to you. And he meets a guy on the beach that, like, lures him back to his house, you know, saying he has all, like, these, like, this candy, you know, like, I've got candy, you know. And he ends up throwing him in the basement with, like, a spider, like, this giant spider. And in the end, the dad always comes and saves him, but then he beats him. (laughs) So he never does it again. It's messed up, but like we like they were just so messed up and wrong. Me and my friends would be like, "More, give us more! <laughs> this is hilarious." So I wanted to write my own little version of a Stinkin' Winkin' song. So the story it's actually about a narcissist that gets um, lured into the Hall of Mirrors at the Funhouse in Asbury Park. So the the narcissist is there with like a million eyes on them that are their own, so they'll never be alone. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's creative, though. It's so creative. You know, it's it's not what I would yeah. think about. Like I said, 
you know, I, I knew that the songs lyrically didn't really thread into each other. That was kind of the thing is like, but I don't know. I guess that would be like the psychological lay down on the couch moment. Like, what does this really say? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to more so paint a picture like the, the two major threads in the album are, you know, where I grew up like the Asbury Park boardwalk and like where my mind, where that enabled my mind to go, you know, it enabled my mind to go like into like rock and roll and a rock and roll fantasy. And also into like creepy, creepy little, like almost like horror movie places, Uh, you know, like it's just, you know, like I I remember like the opening scene of us, the movie us, uh like how they just nail that fun, but creepy vibe, (laughs) you know, and that's, that's a thing that I've kind of had going on musically since my first record mm-hmm. this like carnival of dreams and nightmares and also the other thread was like my radio being such an important part of the boardwalk sound and like growing up on the boardwalk you know because we have the the radio stations from philly playing soul music and then the our home stations playing indie rock and alternative rock and then the new york stations playing like the greatest hits of the 50s and 60s and also, you know, like WFMU playing like New York City Punk and, and Blondie. And so it was like just this big amalgamation of like summer music. Right. You know, the creepiness. Uh, I, I would bring up, uh, you know, when you hit that in, in the splinters and you get that ominous refrain. Now it now it's more ominous, I think, than ever when you said, I wish the world would end. God, <laughs> I listen to so many lyrics on this album now and with what's going on now. I'm like, holy shit, am I like a doom prophet? <laughs> Next record, I'm just going to write about like living in Malibu and making tons of money, like, you know, and having like a wicked bill of health. But they, uh, yeah, like the In the Splinters song was, you know, I wrote that about Hurricane Sandy and like how like I like that whole year I was so depressed and everything was like, but it, in in hindsight, it was like, what were you depressed about? You had everything, yeah. you know, you had your health, you had a place to live. Yeah. You know, and then thinking like when everything gets torn down and, you know, the storm takes everything away and you think that's it, it's not it. You know, something comes along and builds you back up again. And so that's what that's about. And that like, la, la, la fra- refrain is just almost kind of like a, a big F you to your feelings. <laughs> Because your feelings aren't facts. <laughs> yeah, your, your prophecy of, uh, you know, it will rebuild again. I mean, I think that's probably one of the most important things to kind of to keep in mind, as you've said throughout this interview, too, that, uh, you know, that, that kind of hope in the face of yeah what we've got right now. Yeah, and that that's what makes, like, the whole album a story, because it starts out, like, you know, like, it starts out talking about global warming, kind of, or it does, like, you know, saying we're stranded in the garbage of Eden, mm-hmm. and we're starving what we should have been feeding, and no angels, no saints, no heathens, you know, like, there's no, like, good people or bad people, like, they're just people, you know, they're just people, and people need people, what Barbara Streisand said. <laughs> so, like, just talking about how today everybody's so divided, you know, and at the end of the album, like the whole story goes along. But at the end, you just see like, you know, you just take your knock, you take your knocks and you try to take them with grace and things will get better. It's very important. Word. And it, it makes is. for a beautiful record, <laughs> uh, you know, and I'll compliment you on that again. I mean, and, and, and there's some other names. Uh, I think Carl Bramel's on here. My Morning Jacket's Carl Bramel. It's yeah. kind of cool to see him and, and Hamilton, who we're yeah, also I, big fans of. Yeah, I love Hamilton. He's so weird and cool his voice like he just he's got one of those like rat pack voices uh-huh. like one oh, of yeah. those like gypsy 
gypsy motorcycle club voices or something. And uh, so that that was fun to write with him. And Carl, like, Carl's one of my favorite people to write with because he lives in Nashville. And every time I bring him a song idea, like, it ends up going somewhere totally different. And it's like, he'll be like, okay, I got to pick my kid up from school, you know? And I'm like, how did like three hours just pass? I just got here. And he, and it, I get like a free guitar lesson too out of it. I'm oh. like, whoa, what is that chord? <laughs> so I'm secretly using him for free guitar lessons. You've got a pretty great <laughs> friends group. I can say that. I'm pretty sure you know that too. I do. Yeah. I do. I have, I have um, a really, I'm fortunate to have a really great like friends and working working friends that I mean that's kind of all I ever really wanted like in like my music life you know it was never like I was just always such like a you know a super fan with rock and roll but it never felt like I was like a fan from afar I remember like seeing like Tommy from The Who when I was three and feeling like I was in it you know I'm like oh I'm in this movie (laughs) you know or like reading about Led Zeppelin and just feeling like you know, like, oh, yeah, this is my this is my zone, you know. So, like, being in that world now, you know, and just getting to, like, work and write and create with, you know, people that make music that I adore, that's my biggest, that's my, like, that's what I'm most grateful for. And we all benefit, so I appreciate it. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm seriously. I'm for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many great moments all over this record. I mean, These Old Roses is also a favorite of mine, Just and oh, I, yeah. I can keep going and going on that one. But uh, but Italian Ice, it's it's such an amazing record, so I'm, I'm so happy that it happened the way it did. Thanks. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Each song is like a little nugget. Absolutely. That was one thing that uh, Spooner said about um, These Old Roses. Uh-huh. I was kind of nervous because I was like, I don't know, like I don't, I hate it when people describe things as like throwback or retro when you're like trying to just like keep a classic style of music alive and, um, you know, not rehash it, but like, mm-hmm. you know, keep it remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I worry that this sounds like I'm just ripping off Be My Little Baby. And he was like, well, I think it, you know, sounds like Be My Little Baby, but like, definitely sounds different and i just think that you know people have been covering that song for 50 years i mean write a new one damn it (laughs) (laughs) i was like yes well yeah it is always such a pleasure to talk to you thank you so much for doing this and um, and 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 i hope uh we see each other soon i hope we see anybody soon yeah but definitely i uh, know No. No, we'll look forward to having you back uh, up here. Take care. Bye. My thanks, Nicole Adkins. I love talking to her. The new album is called Italian Ice. You have to check it out. Thanks to you, by the way, for checking out this uh, this episode. Uh, Again, if you can uh, give the series a rating, a review, or just a comment in the comment box, uh, I always love hearing from you all. Uh, Hopefully you loved it enough that if you're not a subscriber, you will hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the places you get podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts at iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, NPR, Podchaser, Acast. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news and anniversary spins and bonus interviews. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on most of the social media platforms at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.
Consequence Podcast Network. <laughs> yeah, we're like decorating different rooms in our house to have like different themes. Yeah. <laughs> we're, make, we're making a beach room. I called my wife a minute ago and I said, you think we should buy one of those VR Oculus Rifts? At least you can, your mind can think you're going somewhere else anyways. Oh. Yeah, that or some mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling that way, like I was feeling like the guy in airplane. I was like, "Man, bad time to stop sipping glue." When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.